This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Okay, campers, rise and shine, and don't forget your booties because it's cold out there today. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Happy Groundhog's Day, Tuesday, February 2nd. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a guy who was ready to get his gamer back on with some NCAA action, Jaron Jordan. 17 minutes ago, EA Sports tweeted that uh, NCAA college football is coming back, which is exciting. So they're not going to have the name, image, likeness of the players like they had before. Obviously, some issues there uh, in the courts uh, with, uh, was it Ed O'Bannon or Charles? I can't remember. Ed, right? Um, Played at UCLA. That's okay, though. Darren Ravel said, pump the brakes. But I don't necessarily care whether the players look like the players. It's yeah. just you can update the rosters. You and I both own PS3s and NCAA College Football 2014 still because there are people who have time to update the rosters and the names. I download that, and I'm good. So, anyway, <laughs> very exciting. This is my favorite video game, honestly. It's that and then Tecmo Super Bowl. I love NCAA College 14. One time, I, I, like in the early days of the show, I had to go to the airport the next day or something, and I or I took you or something. I stayed over at your house. We stayed up late. We played NCAA college football to the middle of the night. I then went to the airport, and then I didn't feel well. I, like, threw up in a <laughs> trash can outside the what airport. What an amazing like, experience. It was super weird. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, we stayed up late. We did that. Playing that one time. When it was still, like, a relatively new game because. <laughs> right. Now it's seven years old. It was 24. Now it's seven years later. I think I have 09. I think I have 12, and I have 14. Yeah, I have three of them. Yeah. I love that game. I can't wait to update my NCAA football series on whatever platform. Yeah. There, I, there are like 17 other video game platforms now that yeah. have come out since then. But hallelujah, we're finally getting it done here, which uh, it's, it's been way too long as, as we Mike waited for Le- this. Littlewood would say, figure it out. Figure it out. And yeah. they did. Hey, it's also, as I mentioned, uh, Groundhog's Day. Punxsutawney Phil saw his shadow. So look forward to six more weeks of winter. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I don't buy I don't buy it. You're not buying it? Okay. Yeah. Well, it depends where you live. <laughs> no, that's a great movie. Uh, live, Die, Repeat, or or The Day After Tomorrow, or whatever. No, not, what was it called? With Tom Cruise and Emily Blunt. That was like the new action Groundhog Day that was really good. So, yeah, that concept is there. One day, we'll, uh, we'll do the idea I've had for a few years on the show, which is just repeat the same segment after itself. And see if anyone notices. We just need to wait for a time when there's not that much content because that, will help, too, that will help us out. Right. There's too much going on. There's way too much going on. Punxsutawney not Phil this year. is also forecasting an amazing show today. Loaded show, including expectations for BYU basketball in sunny San Diego. On paper, BYU is a heavy favorite. But are you buying that based on recent challenges for the Cougars? The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rebell, joins us for words of statistical wisdom in preparation for the game, plus prop picks and Jerem spinning the wheel of consequence again. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Man, I, maybe I have Jason pick every time. Uh, men's Hoops takes on San Diego tonight because it's a ball night, 9 Eastern on Stadium. That's a TV channel. And BYU Radio with Cougar pregame live an hour before. Who's up? Uh, five regular season wins in a row against the Toreros. Vegas says BYU by 11. Ken Palm says BYU by 10. But uh, the way BYU played last week gives you some pause, right, for station identification. 
and we will uh, address that in a moment. What's trending? BYU basketball with some new bracketology, a nine seed in Joe Lunardi's latest bracket. Again, doubling down on the ding, not dent, loss to Pepperdine. The Cougars are a 10 seed in Andy Katz's first bracket on NCAA.com. Firmly in the field in both cases, Jerem, not one of the last eight teams in. There are Utahns heard to say BYU's in the field. More NFL combine invitations for the Cougars, Matt Bushman and Dax Milne, along with Kyrus Tonga and Chris Wilcox. You'd think that Zach Wilson and Brady Christensen were also invited, but they haven't announced anything. So if it's not on the internet, does it exist? At least six BYU players invited to whatever this combine will be. And we're still trying to figure out what exactly that is. Indianapolis traditionally, but is it like, is it just tests and physicals and interviews and no, uh, you know, you can record your workouts and, and send it to a certain what provider is, that will send it to all the it? teams? Yeah, we don't exactly know quite yet. BYU women's basketball, 9-2 and two on the season at Gonzaga tonight in a COVID rescheduled game. The Zags, top 20 team, 9 Eastern, game broadcast on the WCC Network, a matchup of the league's top two perennial powers. Gonzaga, top 20 team. Tough to beat them up there, although BYU did it, what, was it last year or was it two years ago? Two years they, ago. For the first time, yep. Okay, Cross Country crushes it at the Silver State Cross Country Challenge in Vegas, winning on both the men and women's sides. Ranked number two and three, respectively, by the way. Connor going to change. It's going to go up. It, perhaps, right? Connor Mance won the men's race, and uh, on the women's side, Anna Kemp Bennett took second individually. That was a nice performance because on the men's side, the rival is NAU, Northern uh, Arizona, and BYU won that. So those two butt heads quite a bit. I had this almost awestruck moment yesterday when I was thinking about all of the ranked teams on campus at BYU. Oh, yeah, it's wonderful. Number one, BYU men's volleyball. Number two, men's cross country. Number three, women's cross country. Number eight, women's track and field. Number 10, women's soccer. Number 12, gymnastics, Jerem. Number 11, football finished the season. It was incredible. Yeah. Like, it's uh, be, B- BYU's it, doing some really special things program-wide. It'd be fun to be in a Power 5 conference with all uh, these ranked teams, right? Wouldn't it? On that note, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Staying classy in San Diego. At least BYU basketball hopes to do so. Because let's face it, the Jenny Craig Pavilion or the Slim Jim hasn't exactly been kind to BYU in their West Coast Conference tenure. Just remember last year for crying out loud against that all-time BYU team. It took a miracle from T.J. Haas and Yoli Childs late in the game and a defensive stop. As we mentioned, the Cougars are an 11-point favorite tonight. Okay, on paper, pretty heavy favorite. Jerem, how confident are you going into tonight's game at San Diego given BYU's recent challenges? Pretty confident, but the way that BYU played last week was not like an NCAA tournament team. BYU survived and went 1-1. One and one. Uh, could have very easily been 0-2. Could have been 2-0 as well. So, yeah, at Pepperdine, that was the loss. That's now a quad three loss, by the way. Uh, Pepperdine has slid down a little bit in the net. So, hopefully, Pepperdine finishes uh, top 135, and it's quad two, and that's not so bad. But the Pacific game, yeah, there's just certain matchups that are tougher. And this BYU team is skilled, mostly defensively and in rebounding. BYU's uh, you know, number one asset isn't what it was last year. It's a different team. It isn't three-point shooting. It isn't star power. Some games Alex Barcelo is scoring six but having eight assists. Some games he's scoring 23 and having eight assists mm-hmm. like he did on Saturday. Um, I'm hoping for more consistency from BYU, specifically Alex Barcelo. He's obviously the best player on the team. He went seven for 11, like you said yesterday. He, he you know, found his groove. Um, but I'm hoping that there's more consistency with that. He was 3-for-14 in the previous two games. He struggled from three in league play. 
I think he needs to be more of the guy. I, I think uh, Mark Pope has credited him with just taking what the game allows or, or needs in the moment. I think BYU needs Alex Barcelo to be more of a, an assertive offensive weapon. Like, the, the John Stockton comp f- first uh, put out by Avery Johnson is a really good one. Some games, John would say, you know what? I'm the all-time assist leader, but I've got to score, you know, 25 in this one or whatever. Uh, Carl's a little off tonight. Uh, Brian Russell's not making that corner three. Jeff Hornacek's always on whatever. I, I want a little more from Alex. Um, but it depends on the matchup because what did BYU do against St. Mary's in San Francisco that it couldn't do against Pepperdine and Pacific? It was throw it into the bigs and get easy buckets. So let's see tonight if that's a thing that works. And if it doesn't, it's like, hey, Alex, let's go. Brandon Averett's been good at times as well, but certain games he's like 24 against Pacific. Awesome. But he only scored eight at Pepperdine and turned it over a lot. A little more consistency from Brandon Averett would be good as well. Mm. And then Matt Harms, uh, keep doing your thing uh, down low. But he goes 23 points, nine of nine, that whole day, and then isn't really there the next game. So I would like those three seniors to sort of carry the load and help BYU avoid a quad three, quad four loss that could be a game like tonight. I don't see BYU losing, but those three need to show up more consistently. Yesterday, Blaine Fowler was keeping your seat warm, and we discussed... Very warm still. Maybe last game was a turning point scenario for Alex Barcelo based on what he did in the second half and the two overtimes. Hopefully. It was one game. Maybe that carries over. Yeah. Did he find his mojo? Did Alex get his groove back? We hope so. My expectations are on a scale of 1 to 10, we're talking confidence, I'm a, on a scale of 1 to Jimmer for that essentially, Jeremy, I'm a Mike Rose. Okay, and, and this so an is an irrational level. Okay, so well, <laughs> here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a Mike Rose based on his streaky shooting. I think BYU, explain who Mike Rose is. Okay, Mike Rose was the Dion Waiters for BYU basketball. <laughs> you bring him in, sometimes he couldn't miss. He made like nine threes in yes. two different games, but it was like freshman year, senior year. Yeah. Okay, so, yeah. so he always had that capability. I, I expect BYU to maybe go Mike Rose mode tonight and win by like twenty five. That'd be nice. But they could they could do that. Yeah, to- totally. I can see it. Absolutely. They could also go one for nine from the three point line, Jerem. And this game could be a knockdown, drag out grind again, like nope. we have seen BYU do against Pepperdine and can't, Pacific. Can't keep doing that if you're attorney team. Like you're gonna lose if you keep on those grinds, right? Just just be attorney team, be a nine seed, and go blow out San Diego tonight. You know what I mean? I I want. Red hot shooting Mike Rose BYU basketball to show up tonight. Go seven and G- nine. Ginger hot. Yes, please. Uh, that's those are my expectations. My confidence level is well. It, it could be ugly. Could be a blowout. But uh, if those threes aren't going down, then we we could see something that we've been seeing over the past two weeks. Has BYU lost in every gym on the road in the league? I think so. Right. So there's a part of me that is. It's everywhere, right? Because uh, yeah. they had a streak going against but, Santa Clara, but, but they lost finally lost ago. at Santa Clara. LMU, yeah. Lost uh-huh, uh-huh. It's everywhere, right? Yeah. Um, I, every gym gives me a little bit of pause because we've seen BYU lose there before. It's not like BYU's uh, Gonzaga. They're, BYU's not Gonzaga. BYU will never be Gonzaga. You know what I mean? BYU's BYU. They have a certain thing they do. Uh, it, it does. I, I look at that gym, and I just think of some of these just like, Argh! In the Slim Gym, Jenny Crick Pavilion, which is a great name, by the way. I Fantastic. called a loss there four years ago. I, bl- I blame you. Yes. Um, no, it's hopefully BYU can show up tonight, play well, because what does BYU do great? Defensive rebounding, we've talked about it. But don't. last week was, I hope, an anomaly, not the new norm, because if it's the new norm, BYU's going to slide out of the bubble and not make the tourney. Because you, you can't lose. 
you can lose another one of those Pepperdines, but not two. And it can't be a quad four, I don't think. BYU has several quad fours left, which brings us to topic two. Let's talk about the resume update, the bracketology. Yeah. And then I looked at net and what the quads are for the remaining games. I want to go over that as well. So net, BYU holds steady at 38. Ken Palm, 49. Uh, that works. BPI, plus two at 38. KPI, 22. Values BYU the most right now. Strength of record, still solid. 33, although down two spots. Overnight, and then Sagarin, uh, 29. You know, so those are good numbers, that, man. KPI was the worst metric for BYU last year. Why is it the best? I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't get it. Okay, bracketology. BYU is a nine, as you mentioned, uh, with ESPN's Joel Lenardi. Andy Katz put out a bracket today. His first as well, 10th. And then bracket matrix, 8.9. So BYU crawling up that as well. Bracket matrix. Yeah, team rankings, ninth. So so far, still good. Three and three in quad ones, two and on quad two. Um, and then BYU four and one now in quad three because Pepperdine slid down two spots. If Pepperdine wins a game, that will be a quad two loss. Yes, they're and right I, on the line. And I'm not worried about what it is now per se. Just pointing it out. It's what it is on Selection Sunday. So okay, remaining schedule at San Diego. This is a quad four tonight at Portland. Quad four. You've got to win both. You've got to win both. St. Mary's at home next Thursday. Now let's hope St. Mary's comes out of COVID uh, protocols because right now four teams in the league are in that. St. Mary's. LMU, Santa Clara, San Francisco. Hoping for the best for everybody, okay? San Diego, again, uh, quad four at home at Pacific at LMU. Those are both quad twos right now. Interesting. That would really bolster the resume if those stay quad twos on Selection Sunday. That's a nerve-wracking road trip for BYU. Yeah. Yeah, that is. At Pacific at LMU. That swing right there is is, woof. And then Santa Clara at home, that's quad three. And then, of course, Gonzaga is, is quad one every time because they're Gonzaga. So BYU has uh, three quad twos and a quad one left. That's good. So basically we're saying if BYU is to lose a game and hope to still be in good position for an at-large, if they lose, it has to be two St. Mary's at Pacific or at LMU. Only one of those three. Yes, and I would argue that BYU probably needs St. Mary's at home, though, because that's the you know one of the top wins uh, uh, of the season, potentially. That'd be good. That'd be the fourth highest... Nope, that'd be the highest uh, win, according to the quads. Or t- second, Utah State at 53, St. Mary's at 64. I need ultra-confident, red-hot shooting Mike Rose version of BYU basketball to show up at San Diego tonight. Let's and go. just dominate in the Slim Gym, which they have not done historically. Our question of the day, how confident are you going into BYU's game tonight in San Diego at the Jenny Craig Pavilion? Let's hear from you, BYUSN, in Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response from Shay Lawrence on Twitter. High confidence going into both games this week. Should be blowout wins. I'm eager to see a shift from Coach Pope experimenting with his lineup to settling in more on the formula that will carry BYU through the WCC and NCAA tournaments. Hashtag BYUSN. I don't get the impression, based on conversations with Coach Pope and most recently with Nick Robinson yesterday, that the lineup is going to be shrunk that much, Jeremy. I feel like they're moving forward with 10 guys. Yeah, and go watch the Pope show. He he talked about it. He was asked about, uh, you know, the pros and cons of having a a large uh, rotation like that. It's pretty interesting. Okay, coming up, how much would an NFL team give up for Zach Wilson in the draft? And the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, joins us from sunny San Diego. What's the most successful five-man lineup on the floor for BYU this season? We'll ask him. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. 
It is a ball night in San Diego as the Cougars take on the Toreros. Join us at 8 Eastern on BYU Radio for Cougar pregame live with the game an hour later. We are live now in Studio B with your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up alongside Jerem Jordan. If you haven't heard, NCAA college football is coming back. They're calling it EA College Football. EA College Football is making its debut. I don't really care what the name of the game is. I don't care that they can't do the actual name image likeness. That's okay. I just want to play the game. College football is back. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline, the voice of the Cougars, and frankly, a man who could do stats for a live college football game all just in his mind. He doesn't need a computer. Greg, welcome back to the show in sunny San Diego. How's the weather as you prepare for BYU in San Diego at the Slim Gym tonight? A little rainy as we uh, descended uh, last night, but it has uh, dawned uh, sunny and gorgeous, as is usually the case here in San Diego. It is the greatest city in America. I'll say that. Says San Diego, but I, I do. I'm not big on uh, self-proclaimed nicknames, but it's all good. Greg, based on BYU basketball's recent challenges and some really grinded-out type games, a loss at Pepperdine, the win against Pacific in double overtime, where's your confidence level tonight for this BYU basketball team as they take on a team that they should beat on paper, but Jim hasn't been friendly to the Cougars. Yeah, you think about the, uh, the the league games BYU's played already. You kind of throw the Gonzaga game out, kind of an outlier. Um, there haven't been too many, you know, stress-free moments the rest of the way. Portland becomes a, a blowout at home uh, once they took care of business there in, in the second half. But every other game has been these, these one-possession games, these real grinded outs. And I guess, you know, welcome to life in the West Coast Conference. But uh, it has truly been uh, a trial and a test of the Cougars' tenacity throughout. And I, I'm hoping that the Pacific game ends, ends up being a turning point of sorts. And, and again, a lot's been talked about the similarities or potential similarities between what happened last year with a BYU team that took a real tough loss at the exact sa- same stage of the year at San Francisco and then went on that 9-0 February run to kind of lock down their NCAA tournament bid this year that loss came not at USF, but at Pepperdine. We've seen the first game since be that grinder against Pacific, but you've just got to get that win. And they did. And it could be, and hopefully, a galvanizing force for this team here in the weeks to come. There's a chance to get on a nice little roll right here. Uh, you know, you have Gonzaga at the very end of the season. Nothing can be taken for granted. St. Mary's at home is always a chore. But, uh, you know, BYU is favored to win. You know, pretty much every game they're going to play between now and Gonzaga. Yes, they were favored to win at Pepperdine, and you can't just go on paper, and that's always been the case in the WCC for BYU. Yet the chance is there. And so we shall see if that Pacific win ends up being a springboard of sorts for BYU. And as we've kind of noted uh, uh, with uh, uh, a bit of a wink, uh, Coach uh, Pope has never lost a February game. Uh, he's 9-0, <laughs> and went on that winning run during the entire month of February last year. So here comes the first game of February. In, uh, in 2021, at a team that's struggling, both teams this week are struggling, San Diego and Portland. And yes, San Diego has been a tough place for BYU to play historically. Uh, at the Slim Gym, the, the, overall, the overall point margin uh, for BYU over nine WCC games in San Diego is, is BYU plus one point. Uh, and until <laughs> wow. that game last year, it was, it was dead even. In fact, through eight games before that Yoli Child-TJ Haas game last year, 
BYU and San Diego had scored the exact same number of points wow. at Jenny Craig Pavilion since BYU joined the WCC. So it's been that narrow. That's crazy. Uh, okay, I, I like uh, you know a, a team that wins despite having issues, and that's what BYU is right now, fourteen and four. Despite right. the issues, BYU is fourteen and four. So, what are the issues BYU needs to uh, clean up a little bit to avoid stumbling? Because right now BYU is firmly in the bracket. That's awesome. BYU's Cougar Stash just tweeted only eight teams have more than 14 wins right now. Things are going well, but where is their need to shore up something right now? Yeah, the issues aren't too prominent. I mean, they're a, they're a, they're a top 75 team in, in, in offensive efficiency, defensive efficiency, effective field goal percentage, effective field goal percentage defense. Uh, they're, they're strong where you want to be strong. I personally think they could clean things up. Is, is in ball security, particularly early in games. It seems that BYU has had a few uh, games in which the early stages were there to maybe kind of be had, to kind of secure that game, and, and they weren't as secure with the ball as they needed to be. And now, it didn't end up being like a 19 or 20 or 21 turnover game, but it's when they came at the stage of the game that offered BYU an opportunity to kind of pull away and pull ahead. I'll use uh, Pepperdine as a good example just last week. Pepperdine opened the game one for 10 from the field. And, and you could have put a real dent in their hopes had BYU not been throwing the ball away, particularly in transition, when the Cougars were actually shooting a pretty good number. I believe the Cougars were five for eight, seven for 11, something like that to start. At the same time, Pepperdine was going one for 10, but it was empty possessions. And I think that's been something I'd like to see BYU shore up is that turnover percentage number, drop that number of empty possessions for BYU particularly where, where games are there to kind of be grabbed and secured. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, getting set to call BYU San Diego tonight on BYU Radio. Greg, much has been said about the rotation for Mark Pope. It's 10 deep, and there's this idea that, well, maybe he's trying to figure some things out and shore up the roster so that uh, that lineup isn't 10 deep. Maybe it's only 9 deep or 8 deep. Um I'm not really concerned about the number of players playing overall, but I am wondering which is the most effective five on the floor at any given time based on the results thus far. Well, he, he clearly feels that he doesn't need to make dramatic changes right now. I mean, Trevin Nels stayed in the starting lineup since he entered after the Gonzaga game, I think is when they made that change. Uh, and, and it's really about, to me, uh, how the roles are being occupied and who does what when they come in. They don't just come in to occupy minutes, but they have particularly particular purposes when they do enter the game. I think we've seen Connor Harding really kind of blossom in his new role. Yes, it was a double overtime game, so there were minutes to be had, but he played 30-plus in, in the Pacific game. And so Connor's a good example of, of somebody that um, is, is filling a role and, and part of that too deep that isn't a token too deep. I think everyone's got specific responsibilities when they check into the game. And I think, uh, Jerem, we were you know, t- talking with Coach Pope yesterday on, on the Coaches Show, and he actually uh, mentioned uh, uh, that he should like to get Hunter Erickson into more games. And so <laughs> instead of shrinking it, maybe expanding it, trying to get Hunter into some games and get him some minutes. And, and of course, that would happen in games where things were a little more comfortably in hand. But Hunter's a talent and will be a very good player for BYU for years to come. But I, I, I'm, I'm really okay. Uh, with how things are being run right now, uh, rotation-wise. I, I just think they're in a really good spot. I mean, you can see, though, how, you know, Trevenel can start a game and I think didn't play after halftime, maybe starts the second half and then left in the first few seconds of the second half against Pacific, and then it wasn't his game the rest of the way. And so, um, as Coach Pope said yesterday on the show, it really is kind of a feel thing as much as they want to embrace analytics and examine every, you know, favorable lineup and rotation group and who does what with whom. 
uh, it's a gut call a lot of the times. And yet we've seen it work out uh, more times than not this season. Let's get a sense of the San Diego Toreros and what sticks out to you in terms of what they'll bring to the table tonight. Yeah, you know, a typical of a of a two and seven team, nothing really stands out uh, in terms of what they're doing particularly well. They 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 do a good job keeping teams off the offensive glass, and and that's maybe one area in which there could be a difference tonight. BYU, of course, has tended to live on the offensive glass. These last couple of games, we saw some uh, um, you know some weaknesses that way. But generally speaking, BYU is that really good team on the offensive boards, and San Diego has been a been a decent team at keeping teams from just going to town on the offensive glass. Similar to St. Mary's and San Francisco, not to the same extent, but in that category, they're a team that likes to take away the three-point shot, does a good job of lowering that three-point attempt per field goal attempt rate. They're a top 40 team that way. St. Mary's and San Francisco top 15 teams. So uh, San Diego's good at it. When teams do take threes, they tend to make a good number. So if BYU can get the shots off, the percentage could be there, but the number of looks may not be there. Uh, BYU should expect to be uh, a solid team inside tonight, and, uh, and and that could be as much as San Diego you know, does a decent job taking teams off the offensive glass and clearing the defensive boards. I still think BYU should expect to have an advantage in the paint. They've scored 40-plus uh, points in the paint, I think, in seven of their last nine games. They tend to have big numbers there. And, and I'll bring it back to uh, the big three. I think it's really important that, that Barcelo, Averett, and Harms be on together. And just last week is a great example of that. In the Pepperdine game, those three players combined for 26 points on 29% shooting. Against Pacific, they combined for 60 points on around 61% shooting. Uh, one game's a loss and one game's a win, and there's absolutely no mystery as to which was which. The big guys have to play big and play well together. It's what won them the Pacific game, and it's what kind of cost them in, in Malibu. Let's hope the ABBA backcourt is ABBA gold. Greg, great to have you with us. Enjoy the call tonight. We'll be listening. Thanks, man. Always my pleasure. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Greg Rubel on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Like, even if San Diego's 2-7, and seven, there's still just a little bit of like, hey, you always lost in that gym. Got to show up. Let's go. It's a weird place. Like, yeah. I feel the same about the Slim Gym as I do about Firestone Fieldhouse and Pepperdine. Yeah, very similar. Like, why am I more confident that when BYU plays at Gonzaga? <laughs> like, that's the weirdest thing ever. I know. What? But I it's a can't thing. explain it. I need a sec. I need a. I need a psychiatrist. Coming up, I get a spiel to win again. Right. I also need a psychiatrist. Woo! And does BYU need a senior advisor to the head coach Kalani Satake? What's that all about? This is BYU Sports Nation. Senior, like an o- older person. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Get ready for tonight's game at San Diego with BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg Rubel review the double overtime win versus Pacific. Preview road tilts at San Diego tonight, Portland Thursday, plus chat with the Instapot Spencer Johnson. It's on demand on the BYU TV app right now. For those not watching on BYU TV, we're showing Mark Pope in his face mask. And whenever I see the initials MP, my first thought is military police. Military police. Yeah. <laughs> he is the military police. Like, he's the military police. Of BYU basketball. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. This is BYU Sports Nation on a Tuesday. Happy Groundhog Day. Let's whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Yesterday, both coach Mark Pope and assistant coach Nick Robinson said the staff is more worried about players' form at the free throw line and not the result. Are you more about form or result? 
I'm more about result. I'd like to see BYU basketball make more free throws in uh, crunch time scenarios. The funny thing is, Jerem, and you pointed this out with Greg, they've had so many challenges, but they're still 14-4. and four. So it's gone well, but the issue is, will it continue to go well? And that's where I see where they're coming from on the form. Like, yes. this is sustainable. If you're, but at the end of the day, it's about whether you make or miss. So... I can see both sides of this, but I'm with you. I'm more on the uh, result. End. That game doesn't go to double overtime if BYU makes some crunch time free throws more than likely. Right. Caleb Boner had a chance there, and he stayed after and put up some shots after. Which I like. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Love the work ethic. He'll make some big free throws later. Okay. To football for a moment. In the latest mock draft from the Draft Network, they have the San Francisco 49ers dealing a three-team trade to get Zach Wilson with the third overall pick. Listen to this. San Francisco, they would give up the 12th, 44th, 116th, and a 2022 first-round pick to hypothetically get in position to draft third overall. Are they willing to do something like that? Do they like Zach Wilson that much? Hold on. Let me call Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I don't know. That feels like a lot. In the NFL, the NFL, the draft is so valuable. You're getting starters left and right when you uh, and, and, and you're too deep. So, I don't know, but whoever gets Zach, it's going to be fun to watch, man. I, I don't I don't know where he goes, but I'm excited to see. There are a bunch of quarterbacks already in the league that are going to be on the move. This is going to we be already a saw Stafford, wild. Yes. Stafford and Goff switch. There's going to be three. a wild offseason of movement for quarterbacks, established quarterbacks already in the league. What's going to happen with Deshaun Watson? What's going to happen with Aaron Rodgers, for crying out loud? There's oh. some weirdness in Green Bay. Ah, he'll stay there. Come on. Utah Jazz announced it's opening the Upper Bowl and allowing just under 4,000 fans to attend games beginning tonight. Will BYU fans see a game in person at the Marriott Center this season? You put on these relaxed blue goggles. These fit San Diego style, right? Yeah, Jerem, I'm seeing some fans. Probably for the St. Mary's and Gonzaga games. Just get, uh, you know, a couple of thousand fans in the stands at the Marriott Center for the two biggest remaining home games for BYU basketball. Sure. Now, with the blue goggles off, I don't know, but this... The Utah Jazz in Salt Lake City, which is more of a COVID hotspot than Provo has been in Utah County. This, to me, feels like BYU has to make a move now because of the outside pressure of what's happening everywhere else in the state. If When there's pressure to do something, BYU tightens, not loosens, typically. So I'm hoping there are. I think it helped the all-in campaign with some money. And there's 800 people going to the devotional in 30 minutes. So I'm wondering why we can't get at least 800. Well, they're not screaming at refs and expectorating while doing Wear a mask so. Wear and social distance. Amen, brother. You've never screamed at a devotional? <laughs> I don't think I have. I'm like, amen! <laughs> I need to get on that hype train. With the return of EA Sports College football, yes, finally. <laughs> I'm so happy. What new feature do you want to see added to the game? Some options, Jeremy. The transfer portal? $25 million coaching contract buyouts? What? The weekly college football playoff committee press conference with Gary Barta? Yeah, that sounds fun. Or Hank Bachmeyer as the guy on the cover? Bachmeyer. <laughs> um, okay, real answer. I want BYU to beat Utah. Oh! I will play with BYU to beat Utah because I haven't seen it. None of us have since 2009. So I want to see that in real life in 2021. Okay. It might have happened in 2020, but that's what I want to say. I'm trying to remember who was on the cover of 2009 college football. It was uh, the running back from Arkansas, Derek, Darius. Darren, Darren, Darren McFadden. McFadden. Darren McFadden. I was like, Darius McFarland? That was, he was on BYU. Jeremy, the last time BYU beat Utah in football, Darren McFadden was the cover athlete for the college football video game series. Wow. 
Yeah, hey, that's a great option. You're going to play at BYU to beat Utah. Love it. Let's hope that it happens in real life in 2021, and it's not just virtual reality. Now, what I want in this game is relegation, Jerem. In fact, that's what I want in real college football. Relegation. Relegation, so that... You're you bloody could, well right. You could take Weber State in the FCS and if you, Hill. you play well for two or three years and some of the group of five teams have stunk it up. Weber State jumps into the Sun Belt. Kansas is in Or they jump two. into the Mountain West because, you know, UNLV has been horrible or whatever. And you can build a program dynasty mode and take them from FCS all the way to a Power 5 conference. I want relegation, baby. Utah State would be in the big sky after this year. That's <laughs> true. Like the bottom 10 <laughs> of Division 1 drop down to FCS. It's a fun idea. It really is. Oh, let's go, man. BYU men's volleyball remains number one in the ABCA coaches poll, but George Mason head coach Jay Hosick mm-hmm. voted the Cougars ninth and 10th because in his poll, he rewarded those who had played. Do you have a problem with this? I just think it's weird. I understand what he is trying to do. It's like, well, I haven't seen him play, so I don't really know that they're the number one. Number two. It's the same day for last. Exactly. Come on. There has to be context. Situational awareness, Jaron. That's for all my missionaries. Situational awareness, coach. You know that BYU and Hawaii are going to be really good. You're smart enough and know enough of what they bring back to make a projection on where they stand in the poll. So... It's, it's weird. I don't I don't like it. BYU shouldn't be ninth. Hawaii shouldn't be 10th. And there are a bunch of Big West teams that should be in the top 10 for crying out loud. Well, the Big West uh, isn't playing for a little while. Yeah. So, yeah, and yeah it's going to be a minute. Um, yeah, I, I see what he's doing. There were some college football voters who did this. Remember how Ohio State wasn't in the top five for a long time? And it was like, clearly Ohio State's pretty good. Yeah, Ohio State, even when they were playing, wasn't Davos in the top Sweeney's 10 like, according to Davos yes, Sweeney. Yes, BYU is the ninth best <laughs> volleyball team. <laughs> It's weird. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, watch BYU this weekend. Tell me they're the ninth best team, okay? Because I go to practice and I'm like, this is awesome. Well, yeah, oh, oh, they proved great. it. They proved it. They played one game and they proved to me that they're the number one team. Like, what? I've seen BYU play in person for 15 years now. 13 is the play-by-play. You know. This is one of the best BYU teams ever. Help out Jay Hasek a little bit then. Tweet, I, it. tweet at him. Nah, we'll bring it up Thursday. Don't worry. Okay. We'll bring it up. BYU basketball graduate assistant Bradley Kitchen posted a video on his Instagram, (laughs) essentially going into space. (laughs) He's on the plane in San Diego. Looks and feels a lot like San Diego. (laughs) You can never be too careful. Hey, Kiwi. Uh, about that helmet, would you rock it on your next road trip if you had to get on a plane? It's kind of fun, but here's my issue. If I have to sneeze, it's over. That is no. You're going to have to bring some materials to sanitize that. Then thing. you pull it off and everyone's like, he's like, <laughs> like, then what? No, I'm not wearing that thing. It reminds me of the squirrel in SpongeBob. Sandy is that her name? Sandy the squirrel? I don't really know SpongeBob, honestly. <laughs> I don't get the reference, huge, but I'll look it up. Huge helmet so she can breathe underwater. Nice. Yeah. Anyway, I think that's hilarious. Are they all underwater? Well done, Bradley. They are, but she's a mammal. She's a squirrel. Oh, but she wants to, so she oh, has to have squirrel. a mask to live under the I water. I clearly don't listen. There you go. And Arizona is fi- uh, <laughs> not fired. Hired. Well, maybe later. Whoa! Uh, former player and multiple-time Super Bowl champ Teddy Bruschi as senior advisor to the head coach. Who would BYU's senior advisor to Kalani Satake? Well, whether Kalani likes it or not, he's already got some senior advisors. Steve Young is one of them. Right? <laughs> Steve's the hugest BYU football fan. Yeah. And he's offering that advice, free or not, 
to BYU and Kalani Satake. So whether it's war- wanted, like he, he's already got that guy in place, Steve Young. I'm pretty sure he texts with Andy Reid often. And uh, yeah, Andy Reid. There, there is a senior advisor to. It's called the Board of Trustees. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's uh, some guys in Salt Lake that are certainly senior advising Brigham Young University stuff. So yeah. all good. I don't know. Brian Billick, is he available? He's in retirement, right? <laughs> senior advisor for that BYU defense that's yeah, perhaps. not bringing much back, according to Bill Connolly of ESPN. Yeah, we're going to break that down another yeah. day. That's some interesting stuff. Okay, coming up, the top five quarterback matchups in BYU football history. And Jerem spins the wheel of consequence. I'm terrible at prop picks. Jeez. So if you repeat on a, on an option that you land on, maybe we should have you spin it again so we have something new. Yeah, we just have to say last time. Okay. Yeah. Stay with us on BYU Sports Nation. Yeah, I can't wait. Oh, wait, I got to go. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest BYU Sports Nation, right now. With some special motivation to get you through the week. Brought to you by the Cougs. Check it out on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. A reminder that going into prop picks late last week, I trailed Jerem 2 to nothing and needed a clean sweep in the Pacific game to make him spin the wheel of consequence again. Well, wouldn't you know... I didn't- I got I that clean sweep. I didn't even know that I lost till this morning. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I was up 2 nothing. How did I lose? Shoot. Oh, boy. Well, okay, Jeremy, so now it's time. Sucks to suck. Spin the wheel. Now, if you land on something you've already done, we determined the last time we spun the wheel of consequence, you have to pick something new. Okay, Jerem, you are... I've done lowrider before. You've done lowrider. Okay, so spin the wheel again. Lowrider? You've done lowrider. You've done talking to third person, which you love so much. Didn't you wear the helmet, too? I've done the helmet. You've done the helmet. Okay, I've done the helmet. Third time's a charm here. Spinning the wheel of consequence for something new. If you keep landing on things you've done, do we... (laughs) A lowrider again. If you land on lowrider for a third time, it's meant to be, and you have to lower the chair. Okay, it is top button. You've done that, too. too. (laughs) How many times have you spun the wheel and suffered the consequence? Too Too many times. This, this is, is it, the regardless. They, regardless. Nobody got time for that. Shoulder Spuddy. Oh, Shoulder Spuddy. Okay. Okay. Bring, bring him on over, Nuffy. Oh. Okay. Spuddy's coming over. Our homie, Nuffy. Mm-hmm. One of our students. It's awesome. <laughs> you got to keep Spuddy on your shoulder. I'll just hold him close to my segment. <laughs> little, little famous Idaho Potatoes product <laughs> placement here. Shout out to the uh, Idaho Potato Commission for hooking us up with hey, Yeah, Taysom's like, yeah, baby. Homegrown Spud. I've like crooked my neck spud. for this to work. I feel like a ventriloquist. Like you look like Michael ventri- Scott when he has the uh, paper mache of himself on yeah. his shoulder in that episode of The <laughs> on Office. The <laughs> okay, let's get to our prop picks. Jerem, don't hurt your neck. This is, yeah, this is awkward. Ben Bagley, what do you have for us at number one? All right, I have a feeling this is Jerem's week. Probably not. <laughs> How's my confidence level on that? We'll answer that later. Who will have the most made shots by a BYU player? That includes field goals, three-point field goals, and free throws, made shots. I'm going with Brandon Averett. No, not Brandon Averett. Are we doing just field goals? Because a three is a field goal. Are we combined? So basically we're saying two, three, one, one, two, threes? Just field goals. Just made shots. And free throws. line and field goals. Correct. Okay. Made shots okay. overall. We're not adding threes. Okay. I'm going with Brandon Averett. Alex Barcelo, he leads the team, 8.2. Uh, if he found his groove, he's going to lead him. Did Alex get his groove back? Maybe I hope that you do win tonight because that would mean good things for Alex. 
At least in that regard. It's a Tuesday. I keep forgetting BYU's playing tonight. I love it. I don't have the Pope show Tuesday, tonight. Tuesday, Thursday. I can go home. If they could play a Saturday game, I'd have them do that too. Three yeah. games a week? Okay, let's go. Great as a fan, not so much as a player coach. What do you think, Spud? <laughs> Number two, Ben. How many minutes will Gideon George play closest without going over? Okay, we went closest without going over with Spencer Johnson and points scored, and I took a very conservative approach. I'm going to do that with Gideon George as well. I want Gideon to play a bunch. I think he's a matchup nightmare for most teams in the WCC. I'll say 10 minutes tonight because he played three against Pepperdine, 15 against Pacific in double overtime, 10 minutes for Gideon George tonight against San Diego. 14. I forgot that I need to just ask Mark when I do the pop show, hey, we got a prop pick. Uh, I need Gideon. To, no, I'm not going to mess with that kind of thing. No, never. Uh, 14. 14 minutes. So I need him to be 11, 12, 13, or 14. Well, no, no, no. You need him to be 14 or more. Well, I thought it was without going over. Closest without going over. So if, if it's 15, I then no. you win. Oh, oh, without going. Your over? pick cannot be over. Does that make sense? No. <laughs> if it's 15, isn't that over what I pick? No, you you. That means if they pick over, if he plays over 14 minutes or more, you win. Oh, if, not thir- not 13. If he plays 10, 11, 12, or 13, I win. If oh, he plays okay. nine, nobody wins. Oh. Nine or fewer. Okay, there we go. Number three, going Ben, over. did you follow all that? How many How many of these closest going not going over have we done in germ? <laughs> wait, wait to, way to uh, point out my learning disability on the air. <laughs> which, which guard big combo will have more points, <laughs> rebounds, and assists tonight? Barcelo and Har- Harvard or Averett and Harms? <laughs> you go first on this one. Uh, Barcelo Harvard. I, I think that Rich Harvard, where'd you go? Come back. And then Alex Barcelo. If he found his groove, let's go. Okay. Again, and I'm going with Averitt and Harms. So really, one and three feel very similar. Yes. Because those two players in the backcourt, which are prominent for BYU, understandably, are uh, factoring in here. Uh-huh. <laughs> you doing all right, buddy, buddy? No. Your shoulder's starting to hurt? No. It's just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> Coming up! Manipulating a Gonzaga shirt for one BYU super fan. <laughs> And Top 5 Tuesday presents the Top 5 Quarterback Matchups All-Time in BYU Football History. You okay, buddy? This is BYU Sports Nation. Bud, you dog. I mean, you potato. Goodbye. Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. BYU Sports Nation's Rise and Shoutout is presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. We just got a dog and we named him Rex. So when I see Isaac Rex, I I have a connection there now. Uh, You can download the podcast as well, BYU Sports Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. It is a lab mix, if you were wondering. And it's a puppy and it's peeing everywhere. (laughs) Seriously. It's insane. Get the puppy potty trained, then move to your new house. That's why we did it now. (laughs) That's why we did it now. Yes. Great logic right there. Time now for Top 5 Tuesday. Based on the Super Bowl matchup of Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. Great quarterback matchup. We thought, what are the top five quarterback matchups in BYU football history? Presented by Delta Airlines. Keep climbing. Number 5, 2006. John Beck versus Matt Ryan at Boston College. Matt Ryan ends up being the 2016 NFL MVP. The first round pick, of course. 
Uh, John Beck is a second-round pick later, both playing the NFL. Boston College ends up winning this game. We're less inclined about like what happened in the game. <sighs> Double Just, overtime. Yeah, this is one that got away from BYU. But Matt Ryan, who don't, was he on the cover of NCAA College Football? I'm trying to remember. Yes, he, he was. Might have been right. The he next was. year in 07. Yeah, he was he was there at and, some point. And Matt played. Didn't Matt play, or was Matt the backup in the 05 game, Broncos' first game? Yes. Okay. Or no, I think he might have been the starter. He might have played twice against. Yeah. Green. There you go. How about that? On to number four, another John Beck sighting against Matt Leinert and number one ranked USC at the peak of the Trojans' powers. They won the national championship that year. John threw for 194 yards, touchdown. Leinert. 22 of 34, 236 yards. When John Beck hit Todd Watkins, I thought, okay, maybe they've got a shot. Then USC went to Reggie Bush and ended up winning 42 to 10. Leinert won the Heisman. Yeah. Um, I remember this game. Oh, wait, I don't. I was on my mission. Number three. Fun buildup. 2009. Max Hall versus Sam Bradford. BYU, number 20 versus number three, Oklahoma. Big win for the Cougars. Max Hall winning his quarterback in BYU history. Sam Bradford had won the Heisman the year before. So this is his, uh, what, second game after winning the Heisman. Colby Clawson. Oh, AC shoulder separation yep, yep. for Sam Bradford. That the Brian the Korea game. game, Jerem. Now, what people don't talk about is Landry Jones came in as a freshman and loses. Landry Jones becomes number three all-time in passing yards in NCAA history. I don't think people understand that. The guy that came in ends up being really, really good. What a game. What a game. Max Hall was second team on Mountain West that year, by the way. What? Because Andy Dalton? Yeah. Or Alec? The Red Rocket. Or, sorry, uh, was Brian Johnson first team? No, it was it was Andy oh, Dalton. Okay. That was Andy yeah, Dalton. Yeah, that was, that was a tough year to be the first teamer. Okay. Uh, Heisman Trophy winners are a thing in this. Sam Bradford won it. Matt Leinert won it. And guess who won it for BYU? Ty Detmer versus Craig Erickson who was a Heisman candidate himself for the Hurricanes in 1990. Detmer throws for 406, three touchdowns, outplaying Erickson, who threw for 299 yards and was intercepted in a critical situation. BYU 28-21 winners, probably the greatest win in BYU football history when you look at how all of their opponents No finished. arguments there. Erickson won the Johnny Unitas. I didn't realize he was that good. How does Ty Detmer not win the Johnny Unitas? Okay, anyway. And the number one quarterback matchup in BYU history. 1983, BYU-UCLA. It's Steve Young versus Steve Bono. Steve Young, obviously, eventual Pro Football Hall of Famer. Second in the Heisman that year. Um, He was incredible. Bono ends up uh, playing 14 years in the league. Backs up Steve Young. Steve Young gets hurt. Bono is the starter for the Niners. (laughs) They played on the same team. And they played on the same team, the Niners. So that's that's pretty cool. This was one of the biggest wins in BYU history at the time. UCLA ends up crushing Illinois in the Rose Bowl. And BYU wins this game on the road. If you haven't seen the 1983 Reviewables episode we did, go watch it. Spencer makes the argument that 83 is actually the best team in BYU history. You can go to the BYU TV app. Just search for 1983 Reviewable. Based on what they accomplished and their overall resume, it is the best team in BYU football history. No, no, no. Just based on your opinion. <laughs> no, no, no information. I'm, just basing, my opi- I'm basing my opinion on that. Yes. Clearly. Very good. The yeah. two Steves, and those are the top five quarterback matchups in BYU football history. We should have done the top five Andy Reid punt pass kick moments from that video when he's like 6'4", <laughs> and all the kids are like, Andrew Reed, and his last name is spelled wrong. (laughs) Andrew Reed. (laughs) R-I-E-D. Listen, back in the day, the 
different. It's so good. The Halloween costume of Andy Reid as the Little League football player oh, yeah. is always one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Our question of the day, back to BYU basketball. How confident are you going into BYU's game tonight in San Diego, a gym that has not been friendly to the Cougars, as Greg Rebell pointed out. The gym itself is very friendly. In WCC play, combining all the points between the Toreros and Cougars, BYU is plus one in That's, nine okay, games. That scoring margin tells you something. That's pretty interesting. By the way, uh, Stuart Mandel, in the new EA Sports uh, football game, does your team get a vote whether to play in the bowl game? <laughs> it's it's they so have awesome like, that it's coming out after COVID they have because like a of COVID issue. Weirdness. Like I'm Ohio yes. State, but it takes me like two months to play. I know I have to your, wear a mask sometimes. Your player is out with COVID. <laughs> oh, no. COVID cancellation. You're like bet, no, no, awful. No, please no. Don't put that option in the game. Jake Jensen on Instagram answers our question today. Very confident in BYU basketball. Alex has his groove back, and Gideon George is about to break out. Give this man more playing time. Yeah. Amen. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort, Brian Buss, on Twitter. Well, I wouldn't bet Jerem Jordan's hair. Yeah, don't do that. BYU lacks offensive consistency, commits too many turnovers, struggles from three and from the free throw line too frequently to make me comfortable in any game, especially a road game. Now that I stated this, watch them win by 25. Yeah, this team is capable of just dominating on the road. But like Greg Rubel said, hey, just insert yourself a little earlier and just get it done. Let's go. Okay, today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. Shaylin Gonzalez's grandpa, Florentino, manipulated a Gonzaga shirt. This is amazing. Say Gonzalez. Uh, and then he kind of X'd out the Gonzaga logo, and then it has BYU basketball on it. <laughs> that so, is amazing. So good luck to the ladies in Spokane tonight in the kennel. My rise and shout-out goes to Shay and Kyle Collinsworth. Kyle revealed on his Instagram page today that his wife, Shay, is 22 weeks pregnant. Congratulations. Yeah, that's awesome. No Power couple. No intermittent fasting now. That's for yeah. her. No, that's not going to work. Our thanks to today's guest, Greg Rubel. Party Dennis Pitta, we ran out of time. For Jerem Jordan, I am Spencer Linton. Shout-out to Mark Heslip. BYU Basketball at San Diego. Listen live to Mr. Rebel and Mr. Grant on BYU Radio. Go Cougs.